Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Today on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Hello, and welcome to Executive Presence Morsels Video Game Week. This is our final episode inspired by various uh, video games that I play and maybe you've played um, in sort of a, a meta sort of situation. This episode is on Splatoon 2, one of uh, uh, mine and my son's favorite uh, video games that we play together uh, on the Nintendo Switch. And actually, if I look at my clock in as soon as I finish this episode, I'm probably going to be playing it um, this afternoon shortly uh, with him. So it's kind of a uh, kind of a meta weird situation where I'll be talking about the video game and then I'll be playing the video game shortly thereafter. I've recorded a whole bunch of episodes. Um, hopefully you can't tell, but I'm getting a little fatigued, so ready to take a break and actually um, coincides quite nicely with some father-son uh, time where we're going to play some Splatoon 2 together. So, if you don't know Splatoon 2, it's kind of like a multiplayer kind of shooting game. You play this squid and you swim through the ink and, you know, there's different, um, you know, weapons where you can shoot the other, uh, like opponents and there are different types of boards. Um, and it's actually quite, um, a sophisticated game where, um, people who get good can get really good and it can be really frustrating because you try to go up against them and you can never, uh, beat them. And you can actually, uh, learn a lot of different skills and improve, uh, a lot in the game. Now, the one thing I've noticed, uh, that I've learned from this game is, uh, what can often happen is you start to, um, play uh, against the person on another team and, you know, they kill you or splat you, I guess is the way they would say it. And you take it like real personal. And the video game does this interesting thing where after the person um, who splats you, after you die, uh, your screen zooms in on that person and you see their name and then you see what they're doing for the next like five or so seconds. So that person, they can taunt you or they can like do like little things and it can like make it feel like a little bit personal. And I think they very cleverly did that on purpose. And what I've noticed happening is especially if I'm tired, um, and you know, I'm, I'm sort of maybe hangry and not in a good mood. I can actually, when that happens, I can like, uh, get into a situation where like, I just throw any other strategy out the window and all I want to do is, you know, get that person back. Even in situations where I know I don't really have a chance of winning because that person is like so much more skilled and superior than me. And what that has to do with leadership and executive presence is the concept simply of self-sabotage, right? How many times do we know that we shouldn't be saying something, doing something, or behaving a certain way? But we cannot help ourselves, right? There's that poker concept of being on tilt for whatever reason, whether it's because we've got a low blood sugar level, whether it's gotten so personal because we can't stand the person who's, you know, moving ahead. We, we just know it's not going to help our career. It's not going to help our project. It's not going to help our reputation, but we just go ahead and do it anyway, right? Or we know that, um, you know, that, that uh, it's better um, to do something, but we refuse to do it, right? Like we withhold it because, you know, we do it out of spite, right? So that's another form of self-sabotage. It can be active 
or it can actually be passive or, you know, you may think of it as passive aggressive, right? By withholding what you should be doing and sort of sticking it to the person by not doing it. So it's really interesting to me uh, through the lens of the video game and being a full grown adult that uh, at least I think I am, um, you know, that can happen and I've seen it happen at work and I've felt it happen at work as well. Um, so the principle here, I think, especially when it comes to leadership, and I've seen leaders do this too, right? Just because you have a title, you're not immune to this aspect of human nature, is to ask yourself, are you going to be the type of person who more often than not learns from your mistakes and your losses? Or are you going to create a habit where you have a negative response, a negative loop or response to losing or making a mistake, which further compounds or exacerbates the mistake. Because what can happen is the more you react and respond in that negative way, instead of maybe the harder way, which is to not self-sabotage, the more you're going to create a habit. And after a while, it'll be even harder for you to do the right thing because now it's just like if X, then Y. And you're almost reacting on autopilot and it becomes very difficult, almost impossible, short of something, you know, tragic or horrific happening in your career or life for you to wake up and do something differently. So today, what I'd love for you to do is think about, are there ways that you've been self-sabotaging yourself, either recently or in the past in your career? And once you're aware of that, what are the if-then things you can do to change that result? Because before, the self-sabotage was, if this happens, then I'll react in a way that's self-sabotaging. Well, the thing may continue to happen. So if this happens, then what is the choice that you're going to make with intention to do something different? Or in some cases, doing something different, the right thing to do is not doing something that's actually going to contribute to your growth, to your development, to your leadership, for people to see you as an executive, and often they see it because it's actually hard for you to do, not because it's easy. When they see the hard thing and you're doing the hard thing that other people wouldn't be able to do, that is what elevates your executive presence. That is what elevates your brand, what people think of you as a leader, as a professional, as a human being. I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and thanks for listening to Executive Presence Morsels as we wrap up video game week. I'm going to go off and play a little bit Splatoon 2. Remember, it's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Nothing else matters. If you like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode, brought to you by our sponsors. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I often get asked, why did you create the Thrive Guide for high potential underrepresented professionals? It all started out with one unanswered question. How do you thrive in environments where your advancement 
is still considered an anomaly. I know far too many talented, ambitious, and devoted professionals whose efforts to climb the corporate ladder were met with resistance, broken promises, and sometimes outright sabotage. As I looked for guidance to meet this challenge, there wasn't much out there other than the generic, you have to be better and work harder than everyone else. While I see some wisdom in this, it ignores the damage that this double standard wreaks on your mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. It also doesn't provide any specific strategies on how to handle the daily challenges, such as microaggressions, that create extra drag on your performance. I began to explore this for myself when a few pages of notes turned into 33 lessons, 2.5 hours, and a lot of video editing. The final result was the Thrive Guide with its seven strategies to thrive. Each strategy is designed to address challenges that are rooted in societal, institutional, and personal expectations for groups that have not been, and largely still are not, prevalent in leadership positions. If you refuse to have artificial limits placed on your advancement, but continue to be met with resistance, then this Thrive Guide is for you. Available now on Udemy.com. Let's get thriving. Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and welcome back to Executive Presence Morsels. This is going to be a really fun week because I love this topic. It is interviewer week. So this is all about whether uh, when you're interviewing someone or being an interviewer, uh, different things you can do to do that with more leadership, with more executive presence. And a lot of these things I've learned um, throughout my career giving different uh, interviews or interviewing people. Um, however, especially want to point out uh, a podcast which I'm hosting uh, now, a separate podcast for Alpha New Jersey. Alpha is the Association of Latino Professionals for America, and I host a leadership podcast called C-Suite. Uh, C is like a pun, you know, S-I like yes. Uh, C-Suite, a seat at the table with executive leaders. It's also on Anchor FM and on various podcast platforms. Uh, type in S-I-S-U-I-T-E if you want to have a listen. Um, really, really amazing opportunity to interview top executives and learn, listen, uh, learn lessons from them. And a lot of the things I'll be sharing are things that have been crystallized or become more apparent to me as I'm interviewing these executives um, because they... Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you again. Join us next time for another tasty Executive Presence morsel. So.